Killers, demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside Slasher, September, watching Slashers in September Hello scaredy cats, it's Saturday morning uh, dark and rainy Saturday morning here in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And I'm, we're, I'm wet from it, actually. Yeah. You walked over here. A little bit of a wet rat this Half morning. hour walk, 25 from your new place? I took some transit. You took the transit. I walked like three minutes. <laughs> and yeah, I got I got a little drenched. And that happened to me um, so that we can do the final slasher of our Slasher September. All good things come to an end. Mm-hmm. All okay things come to an end, too. Yeah, all like, oh, so that's what it was. Things come <laughs> to an end. And that uh, end is today, and we're going to be finishing up with Sleepaway Camp. Nineteen eighty-three camp movie. The that that fits in with the uh, the theme of these um, early '80s slashers for the most part, coming after Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good ratio of the amount of slashers that we did in Slasher September that yeah. were camp based. Yes. Two out of five. Uh, the logline for this one: Angela Baker, a traumatized and very shy young girl, is sent to summer camp with her cousin. Shortly after her, her arrival, anyone with sinister or less than honorable intentions gets their comppance. Ooh. I know. Not often do you see comeuppance in the logline of, log of a movie. Comeuppance. So I'm probably more excited about that than about just seeing some comeuppance. <laughs> I worry that I do have a bit of spoilers for this one. Yes. Yeah, because I've seen some images of things uh-huh. that are just kind of iconic, I think, for this movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I kind of will dance around it a little yeah. bit, but um, I'll, I just way stupid, way more stupidly watched um, a video of scariest movie endings of all time. Oh, dude. I didn't see, no, because that one came up and it's like sleepaway camp. And uh-huh. I'm like, bah! And I, but I did the, I was on YouTube on my phone, so I was like rapidly going Scrolling through it with no sound. And you just saw like a clip or something? Kind of. But then it's also like, it's sleepaway camp. It's, um, uh, as it came up in the video, one of the one of these crazy twist endings. It's a, somewhat notorious for being. Yeah, it's. I've probably seen little bits and pieces of that here and there, mm. just throughout my perusing of the internet and looking at stuff about cinema and crazy twists. Has been and mindfuckery is where I always go for for looking for my own movies. Mm-hmm. So yes, I'm fairly certain I've got a, some spoilerisms in my brain. Absolutely. And yeah, first of all, I would I would totally avoid things like that, like best twist ending. Clips. Well, it has like it has a little like um, the cross down the middle of the screen with the four different images. And I knew all four movies. Right. right? So like this is safe. I, I at least like if I didn't know it, I could hit pause so fast. Right. Right. I can immediately do it and then skip that if I wanted. And that's how I mm. went through it. And I knew all the movies except one. No, I've no. Admittedly, yeah, I have done that, too, where you see a kind of montage clip like oh, best horror movies and. Yeah you see the thumbnail and you're like, oh, this is fine. Like, I know all these, nothing's going to be spoiled for me. Yeah, it's like YouTube's just like, all right, you've been watching a lot of, you know, Hatchet Kills movies or videos. (laughs) (laughs) You clearly just want to see... More of the the same. Just the best part of movies. (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, that's already kind of a spoiler in itself. Yeah, it is. Is that like, oh, there's going to be a huge twist ending. Mm -hmm. And I've seen some screen caps and even like people making objects from the movie that are like oh look i made this from sleepaway camp oh, and just yeah. that itself was remind me to explain what that is after we watch it okay but yeah. that itself was kind of like a clear spoiler for the movie mm-hmm. okay but still people hold it um 
to be one of the best classic slashers. So, yeah. so hopefully it doesn't all just come down to that. Hopefully there's exciting things about the movie itself and not just the ending. Yeah. From, from things that I've read about it is it, it's also like inventive kills. Like, yeah, great. Really great. exciting movie. Not just the end. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's apparently really well respected, but like I didn't see a tremendous amount about like the production, about like this director doing other things. Like it seems like a very contained little project that happened. Yeah. The internet seems very sparse in yeah. information about its release. I mean, written and directed by Robert Hildzik who, yeah, like you said, has only really done this first one, mm-hmm. some other random project in like 2010. And then also he returned to do the fifth installment of this franchise. Yes, which he, treats, he treats it as a direct sequel to the first. Oh, does he? Yeah, okay. he ignores the other sequels for that. Interesting. And I noticed there was, on a quick glance, there was one cast member that does come back for that Return to Sleepaway Camp of 2008. Okay, cool. That's always fun. I didn't know that movie even existed before this, so I have no idea if it's well right. regarded or, yeah. The, the second one, yeah. Who knows? Uh-huh. Not the second one, the his sequel. His his second his one. <laughs> yeah. In his mind, there are only two. I'm sure. <laughs> I like that. Um, apparently, it filmed at a camp that he went to as a kid. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah, he w- literally. That's uh, if you imagine it, because we've talked about camp a couple times on this podcast now. Yeah. And you didn't love camp as a kid. No. So I'm getting this picture of a director who went to camp and hated it and had like weird nightmares about <laughs> oh, it and stuff. Yes, 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 yes. And then made like a pivotal slasher movie about it. That sounds so cathartic. Yeah, doesn't it? I would love that. But uh, me, I love camp, so I'm I'm more of one of the victims of this movie, I imagine. Like, yeah, you're, you're like I'm the George Jason from Alexander. Seinfeld. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Having a great time and yeah. totally oblivious. And to, I make it out. He did make it out? Yeah. Right, because he was never... He was on the shore when the raft came back with all the bodies. Yeah. And that was kind of... Well, it. no, he came back right at the end. Like, they, they come back to the main camp on mm-hmm. the rafts or on the rescue rafts or something. Yeah, and like he was with one medical, of that group. right, right, right. Yeah, oh okay. yeah, right, right, right. When they go up that, to the main council, they're like, "Look at these kids." There, that's the part where he looks most like a child. Is when he's got his <laughs> head slumped forward, like <laughs> some bad happened. <laughs> I'm gonna be him. Yes, that's you. I'm much more miserable and want <laughs> yeah. want everyone to die. You have a big knife in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, actual kid actors too. Apparently, this movie is yeah. great for that. That you just have real campers, which is something that we really liked about the burning. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, a lot of praise goes to, mm-hmm. you know, populating your movie with the appropriate age people. Yeah, because it's more expensive, more work mm-hmm. to get actual kid actors instead of just deal with adults pretending to be teenagers. Right. Yeah. And they're worse. Kids aren't as good. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, you, like, I imagine there's, like, some sensitivity stuff as well to consider when you're butchering them, you know, that you want to yeah. kind of protect them from that yeah. a little bit at the same time. That's unsavory. I mean, we're kind of in... Uh, golden age now it seems of kids getting killed <laughs> yeah now it's fine in films. and they can get killed in the film you can like i imagine you can ki- knock a kid's head off with a, a telephone Giant. wire uh-huh. or pole yeah and you can. in the filmmaking process and the kid never saw it they're like oh you know they won't see that until they're 18 yeah you don't need to put all the practical effects on an actual kid yeah now cgi is just so good that yeah i you- mean you could probably do it with editing tricks before as well you're just, you're just telling the kid in front of the camera. It's like, now you scream. Yeah. And then the prosthetic we made of you will have an accident later. Yeah. You know, that's it. Oh, man. We watched this one HBO movie <laughs> called The Tale starring Laura Dern about a woman who is... Ad- Admiral Holdo from the Star Wars movies. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. My bad. <laughs> Let's address her formally. Um, it's about her, something happening in her, in her life as an adult that's making her um, reconsider a sexual experience she had when she was like... Um, 12 years old with an adult, something that she thought 
was innocuous her whole life, but now she's reflecting back and realizing, oh, fuck, like I was totally groomed and taken advantage of. Yeah. But in the flashback scenes, um, there is sex scenes with like the, the adult and the kid, but it's a body double for all the flip scenes. So it shows like her face and like before anything's happening, like the actual kid actor, oh but then they flip behind and it's a body double. And it's, it's, I've never seen any other film do this, but it's so fucking disturbing. Oh my God, dude. It's too much. I hated it's hearing like, about it. Yeah. Like I was yelling at the TV. I'm like, no, no, don't do this. And even at the start of the movie and at the end of the movie, they, on the biggest font possible across the screen, they're like a body double was used for all the yeah. sex scenes, but it's still so disturbing it, it, during that scene it flashed on the screen <laughs> yeah. this is not a child body double body double. Yeah, yeah yeah and like overall it's still a great movie and it's very effective but yeah. it makes those scenes insanely hard to watch sure dude oh my god which is what the director wants they want to, they want to see this is fucked yeah. up yeah. yeah they don't include that kind of scene in a movie because oh the audience will like that no. no it's to mess with you yeah they want Ugh. you to be forced to reflect on the issue yeah good movie though great movie okay no it's a fine movie fine movie okay <laughs> but yeah kids kids getting I'll... kids getting killed i can't what's the earliest example of a horror movie that we've watched where you do see kind of kids getting slaughtered where just that yeah they would be present for that incident you know oh that's a good question even the, i mean the exorcist is a very intense thing to put a kid through all that makeup and the exorcist is definitely one of them even like pet cemetery with a pretty brutal kid getting hit gave, by a car oh yeah um but even just Gabe himself, like getting a kid to be that. Yeah. yeah and, and then you'd think the brood too, but yeah, then we could also have body doubles or, you know, right. Once but, the makeup goes on, is yeah. it the kid anymore? That's a weird, I like filming that just must be so strange. The brood in particular, cause you have like an, I feel like there was 10, 15 kids all sure. with the creepy masks and you're asking them to all be yeah, like, that's a, just to get them all to stay in character, be creepy, not, yeah, it seems like a lot of work. I, I would never, ever want to be in that room. Yeah because that's what kids are like in the first place they're just little devils that you have to deal with and corral and you know get. they're just naturally so explosive and all over the place that it's hard to like rein them in to be a specific kind of crazy exactly all over the place. yeah you're like okay so we want you guys to be crazy but super controlled yeah 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 it's we like, want yeah, you to be crazy in a very that. specific way <laughs> we're kids bud we can't yeah. do that that just means you just have to film for 48 straight hours to get you know five minutes of footage you can use i imagine yeah thumbs down to that all right, <clears throat> should we go to our first segment? Yeah. Scaring two. <laughs> what do you got for our last slash of September scare and tell, Dave? Well, <clears throat> <clears throat> all right. So, I of course everybody, everybody knows what's about to happen here, but <clears throat> I'm going to temper some expectations here. Mm-hmm. This is a single feature. Okay. I didn't do both. I did Hatchet 3. So yes. we're going to talk about Hatchet 3. If you listen to the last couple episodes, you know that Dave did Hatchet <laughs> 1 and 2. And now we're doing 3. We're doing 3. So this is the um, 2013. Not directed by Adam Green. Correct. Although Adam Green is basically... He handed the camera work over, the directing work, over to um, the... F- camera guy from the first two hatchet movies okay uh he also wrote it he produced it it was his story he retained like creative control he i think he did or had control over the cut the cutting and everything so it's still an adam green movie why wouldn't he just direct it that's so bizarre yeah and in fact that's if there's a criticism it it does come in the Mm. 
not necessarily in the direction, but in the fact that it doesn't feel the exact same as the first two. And um, you get some more like this is clearly um, a camera guy's presentation of this Victor Crowley kill, because in the first two Hatchet movies, Victor Crowley jumps out of the fucking bushes and rips people in half. And it's that simple. And it's lovely. And it's a wide shot of the whole body of both actors, one getting ripped up and the other being Kane Hodder. And it's awesome. And in this one, there was a lot more like maybe typical slasher. um, Because again, this is all these movies, while being like 2006 and beyond, are done in an 80s slasher style, both like score and, you know, all all the presentation, all practical effects, no CGI. Mm -hmm. Um, But in this one, like they do a lot more of those, like the kills that we complain about in those ones, which are the suggested off screen, you know, types of slashings where the camera cuts back to a dead body. You know, but that's not the Victor Crowley that I grew up with <laughs> over these past couple of weeks. <laughs> he, um, <clears throat> yeah, he'll like raise a hatchet above his head and then we'll see a cut and, or he'll walk off screen. It'll be his back and then you'll see the person's head in half or something. And that just happened more frequently. Not to say the classic, you know, tear people up right in front of the camera does not occur and does not occur incredibly. Right. But you were used to a very specific presentation of Victor Crowley that wasn't reflected in this one. It was definitely different, or at least a high percentage of the kills happened slightly off screen, Mm. which they may have, it's hard to tell at this point, but they may have compensated for by having a tremendous amount more characters be killed in this one. Kill counts higher. Mm -hmm, Definitely. I mean, that's shocking to hear just as someone who's, (laughs) been reported to of all these hatchet movies yeah because you've been giving lists every week of (laughs) all the various kills and not even all of them a a selective list Uh of the kills that take place and this isn't just two or three like you you go closer to the 10 kill mark Uh so to hear that the kill count is even higher in this one is i might say it's ridiculously higher (laughs) but i mean so this is the best part about it so that was the part i didn't like is how it's it feels somewhat different or even it feels like the filmmaking's a little bit better Mm -hmm. that's almost a problem for slashers is because they can be so exciting in showing a little too much and steering into the caricature nature of your your characters and whatever like if you don't do that and you try to make it a legit movie i think that's where a lot of our like slashers are kind of dumb and bad Mm. comes from is like you kind of need to steer into the skid of one side or the other and the more serious you try to make it you come out with a halloween you know and the more funny you make it you come up with i don't know like the camp movies that we love the like the leprechauns of the world and things of that nature yeah i think i think that's a very concise way to evaluate slashers it's if you go in that middle ground of it's a little serious a little goofy it's just unsatisfying because you don't know kind of how to watch it or what the movie wants you to feel yeah exactly and so this one because of i feel like because of the filmmaking it's ever so slightly less funny Mm. and so i was a little less entertained watching that um but but (laughs) that's my criticism what was good about this one is um we revisit basically the carnage and death of the previous two movies all of the people who are killed are still just laying there in the swamp in this one like in hatchet um two right it begins from the cut of the previous movie like it just continues going and basically she's finished victor crowley off he's definitely dead and it's all over she walks away from him and he just sits up and it starts again (laughs) man that's actually that's really special because we do Mm. get you know franchises that 
do a little flashback or cut back to remind you what happened at the very end of the last one, mm. but never like literally let's just continue the story from the moment we ended it forward from the freaking cut. That's that yeah. is awesome. So no time passes. It's not like months later. This is just literally. So now hitch hatchet one, two and three take place over just yeah. a few days, essentially. Exactly. And so much so there is, I, it's a bit of a spoiler, but it, it doesn't matter what gets spoiled in these movies. Um, they find the canoe from the first movie mm. and in the canoe that that's right at the end of the movie. She's in the canoe. And so is the main dude yeah. who got his arm ripped off and died. Um, she's in the canoe and he attacks her and then they fight. And that's how the movie ends is at that battle, even though we thought he was dead. Mm-hmm. So that canoe is revisited in this third movie. And the guy from the first movie who had his arm ripped off is still in it. And he gets up. He's like, oh, oh my God, he's not dead. So the main character basically from the first movie, he's like, where? And then the hatchet flies out of nowhere and gets him. He's got to <laughs> be quickly. Kidding me. You're like, yeah. oh, he survived. Oh, yeah. no, he didn't. Yeah. You got to be kidding me. And he's dead. <laughs> and it's great. So they go through. So basically, she um, kills the shit out of Victor Crowley. That seven foot chainsaw I talked about in the previous episode comes back. Uh-huh. In a big way. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. And uh, so she walks into town with a bloody shotgun and Victor Crowley's scalp and basically, you know, tells the police there's been some crazy massacres in this here swamp. <laughs> and they're like, well, you did it. So <laughs> you're getting locked up. So she meets. Uh, so basically the SWAT team goes into the swamp and there's like a medical recovery team. And all these people go to the area that this took place in and they're going they find the bodies of the people who got cut in half with the chainsaw they find all the bodies of all the previous people they collect all the weapons and stuff from the crime scene you know to like Mm -hmm. use them as evidence and they collect victor crowley's air quotes dead body put it onto the medical boat and then he just gets up and it starts again (laughs) but we're seeing all of the stuff that we saw from the previous movie like props brought back recreated sets and stuff are coming back the characters are coming back and it's pretty seamless like aesthetically the way it looks it doesn't look oh these clearly are aged characters this is clearly very different it looks like it could be triple say like yeah yep or like a Netflix series, almost like if yep. they just bleed that easily into one another. Yep, totally. This uh. this sounds like it lends itself so well to just like triple feature binge, like just watch all in one night. Yeah, you definitely you want to have some booze going because some of the dialogue scenes are just so intentionally bad, right? right? right. But they they grate a little bit on you. Mm. Um, <clears throat> it's great. There's so many great kills. Um, it it. The story of Victor Crowley is pretty much tied up and completed in okay. in this little trilogy, huh. um, because yeah the the 2017 one is like ten years after. Really? Okay, so that doesn't yeah. do that same thing where it picks up right at the end. Yeah, the story does continue because they did sort of go for a like he is finished. The story and the folklore that we've created have completed themselves, mm-hmm. and the cycle is complete. But through some accident it restarts later on in the 2017 Victor Crowley. Most important part of the trilogy is the fourth one. (laughs) So yeah, of course I'm very excited for that and I'm going to make a big deal about watching that one. Great. Um, But uh, before uh, we move on, I would like to read a quick list of uh, deaths from Hatchet 3. We would be remiss if you did not. Let's hear him. All right. What's so, best about these lists is that I forget about them quickly after, and I'll remember when I do watch these movies. Sure. But it's yeah. so entertaining in the moment to hear all of them back to back. Oh, dude. It's my favorite. All right. Here we go. Electrocuted with defibrillators till head explodes. <laughs> head horizontally hatcheted in half. Um, horizontally? Yeah. So then this is one of, the, one of my complaints about some off-screen killings. Four firemen, three paramedics. Killed. <laughs> 
All right, then we get back into it. Arm ripped off. Chest hacked with hatchet. Disemboweled. Mouth impaled by stub tree branch. Mm. Impaled by spear and thrown through wall. Oh, nice touch. Yeah. Speared through chest, dragged into house, and thrown through wall. <laughs> that was a very a very good moment. He's really into throwing people through walls, this one, huh? He, there's a bunch of SWAT guys on him aiming guns at this little like shack he runs into, and he's basically dragging people in and then throwing their dead bodies through the wall. It's awesome. Um, <clears throat> ripped in half. Beheaded with hatchet. Hatcheted in head. Leg chopped off. Falls on ground. We'll come back to you. <laughs> Hatcheted in chest. Thrown to ground. We're back. Head stomped in. Uh, spine and skull ripped from body through belly. Shot with rocket launcher. House blown up. Oh, my God. Head stomped in mud. Drowned. Hatchet thrown into head. Um, this is not by Victor Crowley, but eaten. <laughs> uh, head pulled through hole. Head gored decapitated with belt sander uh, that fucking belt sander is back, back. <laughs> and that was one of the things i was talking about they collected the evidence from the previous movie and he found it because oh my god the police had literally brought it to the scene uh <clears throat> and then grabbed through hole organs pull onto floor that's that's about it man you have sold this franchise so well in your description <laughs> of them that part of me is like, could it ever live up to you telling me about them? And do I just want to never watch Hatchet <laughs> and just like have you tell me around the campfire the story of Victor Crowley and I, just go through the dude, entire movie? All right. So here's what we'll do. We'll go camping. Yeah. We'll get we'll get 12 or so beers into me uh-huh. and I'll tell you the story of Victor Crowley, my friend. Oh, my God. <laughs> I want you to take your sweet time. <laughs> oh, is it, I have had so much fun watching these movies um and i mean it's it's so great to have done these things for slasher september it's it's just been the greatest for Mm -hmm. for um it's a great choice man it's a great choice to dive in so we could get a really particularly close report back of a particular franchise yeah and how how they're clearly based on some of the movies that we're watching you know as the main titles of these episodes yeah it's it's great to see the things you know the 70s movies that may have inspired them and the 2000s movies that were that inspired came. by them exactly it's been awesome and uh at some point it maybe if you send in some feedback on instagram twitter um any anywhere you can google text chris dave saw mm-hmm. let us know um if you want me to me or us to watch victor crowley sooner rather than later Please do, yeah. Because if that's the case, then I could just binge them, or we have to go camping, I guess. And <laughs> you could tell me them in more detail, and then we could watch them that one together with the knowledge of all three before. That would be fun. Yeah. That would be really fun. Yeah, it could be great. All right, cool. Let us know, Scaredy Cats. You can find us all over the internet. Please do. But Chris, I have a question for you. What's your question? What in the hell did you watch? All right. <laughs> well. Also, like you, this has been a very satisfying month for slash September just mm-hmm. to kind of lean into a theme for our scare and tell. So that's something we haven't really done before. Yeah. Yeah. This, trying this, to, yeah. Trying to keep in like a meta idea of ideas that link these movies together. Uh-huh. So the first week I did four flies on gray velvet. Yeah. Uh, flies get killed by spiders. Uh-huh. So the second week I did black belly of the tarantula. Tarantulas mm-hmm. get killed by lizards lizards thank you <laughs> so this i know well yeah <laughs> i did a woman in a lizard skin lizards get killed by sometimes ducklings. ducks sometimes ducks yeah yeah <laughs> so don't torture a duckling for week four um do you have any guesses for what i did for week five okay so what 
what could take down the mighty duck what italian giallo movie title has something that can take down a duck in it all right so in the mighty duck series what team <laughs> oh, defeated I, them? oh my god that would be so good <laughs> oh that would have been great man but um i don't if think it was I, the florida panthers that took them down and they did <laughs> uh, woman in a panthers i have no skin does this have something about is it about a panther no oh. no 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 I'm just I'm just now speculating because I love that idea of a hawk like bringing in the mighty ducks into this. I don't know, is it flies again somehow? <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> no. Um. So it's 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 horrible. I know, but this is gonna piss me off so much. <laughs> yeah. There there are some instances where young ducks will be killed by cats. Sure. Cats okay. killed young ducks. It'll I know. happen. It's, it's horrible. Yeah. But it has happened. Yeah, a Don't ask duck. me what I had to Google to confirm this, but let me let me just add to this. It uh, was do cats kill ducks? Um, my little boy at home, uh, his name is Benny. Benny looks awesome. This is your new cat that you yeah. rescued a few months ago. Yeah, uh, little Benny's at home. He's having a good. This morning he had a nice meal of uh, some duck. Some oh, duck cat shit. Food. Yeah, so cats do eat ducks. Oh, great. Okay, literally happened today. Uh huh. But I guess the difference would be duck that is prepared for him and a cat actually killing. Oh yeah, it was duck. ground up in a can. It was ready to go. Mm-hmm. As for a cat, wow. So I mean, yeah, that's great. That perfectly fits in with what I watched for this week, which is Cat O Nine Tales. Cat O Nine Tales, okay. Yeah, it's just the second one in Dario Argento's Animal Trilogy, which was three big movies before he really broke out with Deep Red and Suspiria. Yeah. So you've rounded out this trilogy now. I have because I put these ones off for a while and mm-hmm. now I've seen them because they are straight giallos without kind of supernatural elements. I say this all the time and they're less desirable to me for that reason. Right. And this one is just, I mean, it would probably rank the lowest out of any Argento movie I've ever seen. And that is not to disparage it. I okay. mean, it's okay. a totally fine run of the mill giallo. It just really isn't anything special. It's just kind of dry. Okay. Um, you still can't see where it's going. All of these giallos, all five that I've watched, I've been unable to predict who the killer is until like, you know, the last five, ten minutes of when they're revealing it, which okay. is something really special about that genre as a whole. It's very intelligently written scripts, usually when it comes to the mystery. But the killers are like introduced characters. Absolutely. Okay, okay. There's someone and they're just someone that. that like they're just so great at misleading you. Um at mm-hmm. least Argento is, Fulci is, like they're they know what they're doing uh, when it comes to the mystery. This is, by the way, this is Chris's campfire, drunken campfire retelling to me. Let me tell you about the giallos of old. And then a mustache man in a fedora, you know, your classic scary man <laughs> appears. <laughs> but do you remember the telephone operator from earlier? Oh, it God. was him all along. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you man. run screaming into the forest. Giallos told as campfire stories. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's like, okay, so also, uh, just so you know, right at this moment, there is a man checking his mail in an apartment building. That'll be important later. Off to the back. Uh, I want you to hold that. You're right. It would just be the yeah. worst campfire stories ever. <laughs> Way too much information. Just remember that with like third yeah. or fourth level priority. Okay. Just don't think about it too much, but remember, please retain this information. Do you need to take notes? I'm going to, I'm going to, let me just get a, let me pass out my pads. notepads. <laughs> <laughs> so this one takes place um at a pharmaceutical company like the concept isn't that great or enticing it's just it's all dealing with oh if people have a certain count of wrong chromosomes then they're more naturally to become serial killers or something like that okay. and it's all about running tests on certain people to see who might potentially be a serial killer meanwhile people are getting killed at that pharmaceutical company um, so you have a journalist and an ex-journalist who's now blind who are kind of working together to try to uncover this mystery. And yeah, it's, okay. there, there are a few 
I mean, it is Argento, so you have a few shots that look great and are really exciting the way they were filmed. Again, things that I think he gets really passionate about a certain set piece or something and gets really inspired to film it a certain way. And those are really exciting to watch. Hmm. But 80% of the movie is just very kind of boringly shot. Um, The plot isn't exciting enough uh, to make you want to come back to it, I think, especially compared to all the other four I've watched. I'd probably rank this one the lowest. All right. Yeah, so it was a little bit of a disappointment, um, but I'm glad that I did do five GLs this month, expand my knowledge of GL a yeah. little bit. Um, I would say that A Lizard in a Woman's Skin is my favorite one out okay. of all of them, and then probably Four Flies on Grey Velvet. Um, then Don't Torture a Duckling. Then Don't Torture a Duckling, and then Black Belly, and then this one. Okay. That would be the hierarchy. So I'd flip which animals kill which. I had to. <laughs> and uh, we are not going to spend time brainstorming those connections. <laughs> nope. Okay. So the one that was most interesting to me is your favorite too. The lizard. Oh yeah. Lizard skin. It's it's because of the acid trip, like nature of it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, All the dreamy so stuff. Because while it is still very much grounded in reality, aesthetically mm. it is leaning into the surreal and yeah. that's what I mean I the, I get that's from you. that what I want from Giallos, yeah. That's freaking awesome uh-huh we did some good work this month chris yeah that was a lot of fun yeah. i look forward to um doing the theme month again we'll have to come up with something else yeah that's just so awesome to, to put together rather than like because we have been I, I said this in some other slasher september episode but we have taken in like three friday the 13th movies mm-hmm. two nightmare on elm street movies scream we, we've done lots of at this point we've done several slashers yeah but putting a whole bunch of them into one grouping of time both the main episodes that we talk about the movie right after watching them and then taking in our own versions of those slasher movies. It's been, it's the best way to take in the subgenre. It allows us to have the most kind of sustained and in-depth conversations yeah. about a genre instead of just doing, you know, one episode of a particular genre and then talking about it aloofly for just, you know, 10, 20 minutes. Yeah. Now we, yeah, we've yeah. been able to for five weeks now, just really get into the meat and bones of the genre, which has been great. Yeah. Um, so I guess um, going into this one, we're not going to get no Savini. No, unfortunately not. It would have been cool to end on a Savini. It would be. But, uh, uh, that was a nice little side theme of this month. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. I guess that was a cherry on top for us. Um, learn more about the Savini of it all. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just want it. I love the head explosions, man. Uh, well, I hope we'll, we'll still get some great makeup right. and effects in this one. Yeah. Because that's, that's also what I, I read is that we get some interesting kills in this guy. Yeah. But first, quickly... This Dave and Christery. This Dave and Christery. This Dave and Christery. Text Chris Dave saw the Belko experiment. <laughs> nice, dude. <laughs> I know, I just I've never really reflected on that. Chris like Chris Dave saw is in the past title. tense of That's C. it. Yeah. Mm, I see. So it's like we saw. You know what I mean? That's what is this episode one hundred and five and we're starting to well, eventually, we got to be careful because eventually our whole vernacular is going to be like acronyms <laughs> and like rhymes and puns. <laughs> eventually, we're just going to be speaking in the words Chris and Dave, like Chris, yeah. Dave, Dave, Chris, Chris, Dave, Chris, good Dave. This Dave and Chris, three text Chris, Dave, saw Belco experiment. What the <laughs> fuck is that, man? It's too much. I should, you know, let's just drop the text. So it's this Dave and Chris, three, Chris and Dave, Chris, Dave, saw. Well, let's do text Chris, Dave, saw. This Dave and Chris, three, text Chris, Dave, saw the Belco experiment. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. that's really fun it is very fun okay so the belko experiment uh-huh belko belko experiment um lands in my brain at this point as like an example of like eh, it could be it's yes. been done better 
Oh my god, yes. And and but I mean, one of the most intriguing, like, give me that movie. That's what I want. Yeah, it's a they dangle quite a carrot with the mm-hmm. concept, and we're very excited. And I remember like being frustrated recording that episode <laughs> just because I thought it was such a vanilla movie, and I just didn't have any opinion on it. I'm yeah. like, it's whatever. You're staring off into space, just yeah. waiting for it to be over. Listen to that episode, Scary Cats, if you <laughs> want to hear just me bored by a movie and not want to talk about it. That being said, a lot of the actors we love in that film, and yeah. that was it was nice to watch them, like Johnny yep. Gals. Yep, he's our boy. And what's his scrubs? Wasn't he in it too? Uh, pretty sure. What's the, the main doctor, older doctor guy from Scrubs? I, from I Scrubs? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the guy who pl- pay, plays Dr. Cox. I forget his name. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. He's in it and he's crazy. And, uh, and he was just a horrible creep. Yes. So I forgot right, that right. because I like him as a character in other things. Uh-huh. And I hated him in Belko Experiment. Oh, and like that, just that, that uh, closet full of guns at this office building. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Right. And that was the one with um, Merle from Walking Dead who gets hit with the the wrench yeah. in the head and caves in his was head. Was it a, wasn't it a, what was it, a stapler or something? Or like a letter, like a paperweight? Oh, that happens at the end, but um, it, earlier on when they're down in the maintenance tunnels, mm-hmm. um, I I feel like he's oh, grabbing at the woman yeah. or something and she hits him in the head and his head like caves in in the front corner and he love starts it. saying weird stuff and then he dies. I love that. Eff- right. Yeah. Man, I, I love that effect. I love damaging the brain enough, like as a kill in a horror mm-hmm. movie, enough that they're still kind of um, babbling yeah yeah <laughs> there's something very exciting about that yeah. and i love the effect of like a skull caving in we see that in the first hostel too oh it's yeah it's so good it's and great when you see weird stuff happen to a, somebody's brain mm-hmm. that's just so perverse and disgusting yeah way for somebody to go down and that maybe it was the marketing of the movie poster but that does feel like a pretty exciting climax the smashing the head yeah. with what was that is it a paperweight is it a stapler I, it was either a tape holder or a stapler Ta- i think it's a tape holder I think it, one of those old school tape holders that's weighted so that you can easily pull the tape off the roll that's the reason right yeah yeah gotcha it uh, just feels so excessive on a desk and i don't think you see them around much anymore do mm, you no yeah no. i mean i don't i don't visit many offices these days but no they're using like holographic ones now <laughs> <laughs> holographic but tape i i, I do rem- i have good feelings in that movie about like the the fact that people were turning on each other you know mm-hmm. um it, it, the it was a little less silly than mayhem like the story like because mayhem's that movie but way 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 better in my opinion yeah um but the story was a little less silly like going for a fucking promotion because my boss is a bleh, mm. you know like this one is actually just like uh, we're, this is some crazy psychological experiment so we're fucking with human nature kill him everyone turn on him right it's more bonkers not to say that mayhem isn't a very silly plot of too, course but you're right there's a certain kind of unpalatable bonkersness about belko whereas mayhem it just it goes down much smoother it's yeah it's like a super entertaining like ride in mayhem and that's what you need from that type of movie absolutely Bel- lean into it yeah belco is but belco suffered from being like a script that was written 10 years ago and right and and then or something like that yeah, and it was then an just old got james released. gunn script that got released exactly re- finally made so maybe it didn't have all the merit other than the namesake yeah it's just an early script but they're like we can make cash off of this let's yeah. do it yeah 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 so, so at least they got some genre actors in it and Seems like they had fun doing it. Yep. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. It was fine, I guess. Man, what's his face? Steve Yoon mm-hmm. from Mayhem and Walking Dead. He's like everywhere. He's acting in bigger and bigger movies all the time. It's crazy. Yeah. He's in Sorry to Bother You, which is one of the best movies this year. Non-horror, but it's fucking fantastic. Cool, yeah. It's so good. It's such great, powerful social commentary. Huh. Uh, and he's in like this other one that got like huge awards at Con called Burning that's coming at TIFF. 
Oh, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Coming to TIFF. Fuck off. You're so bad. <laughs> Two uh, weeks ago. We're done with TIFF, Chris. <laughs> I know. I'm going to call this. this is a, we're on like 40 minutes of this goddamn intro. No, we're not. All right. <laughs> so I guess it's time uh, that we stop talking about Belco and start watching Sleepaway Camp. Let's go back to camp. All right, man. Cheers. Cheers. what what <laughs> the fuck <laughs> oh man there's so much weird stuff that happened in that movie uh, how about the last shot like the fact that that ends the movie it's like boom twist and then that's all you get yeah if you by the way if you haven't seen this in a while and you're just like oh i'll throw this episode on because i know sleepaway camp the very very last shot is the reveal yeah the big full reveal. reveal yeah full reveal is a good a full frontal reveal yeah um and then laughing and then and the some kind goes of green and but some kind of like i mean that face that she's making <laughs> it's a very scary shot like oh yeah the it, score underneath it the sound that that angela is making yeah just like ah! yeah it's like yeah. what is happening it's just like a psycho a full psychotic break is happening in that uh, moment 100 that's what that is and yeah. then we get that freeze frame it goes green and it stays there for a long time and then the and credits, credits eventually roll and weird song yeah uh okay so that's how it ends and yeah what the fuck that's it, their big twist ending huh it, that's that's the one yeah and i did know it i yeah me going in you knew that one going in i did yeah okay yeah, yeah. but it was like what gave it away for I, me i actually it? didn't know i've seen that ending one for one a couple times okay. but used as a meme right like yeah i've seen that picture that fa- picture of her face so much and i knew there was a saying so that was enough but the fact that the angela is a boy who was forced to be raised as a girl that twist was real to me only recently actually and it's really unfortunate but it was over like a facebook group and someone was posting that they made a plush doll of that final shot penis and everything that okay that (laughs) gives away and that they gave it away and right from like they give you all the ingredients in that opening shot because they show they show the daughter dying and it's only the son that's alive. Yeah. I mean, it does make sense. You get if you're like paying attention. Yeah. They're floundering around in the water and you're supposed to like tell the difference between like slightly longer hair and like the mushroom cut that this kid has. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like, I, I believed that, you know, oh, okay. So that was the girl who lived like, it mm-hmm. was that easy for me to move forward. And I mean, in watching this in 2018, some big reveal that a girl's actually a boy is, is not, yeah, it's, it's not. not it, I don't think you'd make this movie wouldn't be made now. Definitely in this, not. In, at least in, with a narrative structured in the same way. Yeah, and and I think I think it, particularly now there's going to be diminishing returns on how much this ending is enjoyed. Yeah, as as like some big huge stunner. Yeah, I'd be really interested to hear how like queer and trans audience members react to a story yeah. like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? If this is something that should be buried, or if it's something that still is an exciting and interesting valid horror movie yeah because we see on screen we see her memory of her father Mm -hmm. like in bed like kissing another man or whatever yeah and i mean that's that's a cool thing to show that's awesome you you have you have you know a gay dad character who's represented in a way that's not um not not shamed or anything i mean the kids are giggling but they're kids well that's where it becomes like a little fishy like are they shamed in some way that this child becomes like this somewhat this crazed killer yeah is that specifically because they were forced to grow up a gender that you know that they don't 
relate. That's that's what I feel. I feel like it's it's trauma from that, from just being because it's that wasn't a choice that the child made. The cho- child didn't make right. to express their gender that way. They're made to express a different way. You know. Yeah, and, and so I guess where it gets um, iffy for me is whether or not somebody becoming a killer mm-hmm. who is like the only time you've seen somebody have two dads in a horror movie. And of course that's the person who becomes a serial killer. Yeah. Mm, I, I don't know. And then for, yeah, for me, like I divorced the two dads fact from the trauma of being raised by whoever else, whoever that lady is that she gets sent to. Well, she's like, I can, I can see them somewhat se- separately. Like I don't attribute her psychotic break to having a gay dad. I attribute it to being raised as a girl when they were born a boy and, and also maybe mm. even having their father and brother killed, killed you know, and then that, going those to are, camp. That's where, a lot of trauma all yeah. at once. And then, yeah, going back to a camp when that is the precise location where all that original trauma happened. Yeah. And having, having that moment, mm-hmm. I guess, and, I and guess that, it is very interesting to consider having that moment where she's, um, kissing, uh, the, her boyfriend of the, of the summer, her summer boyfriend. Yeah. Um, and then having, that's when she has the flashback mm-hmm. uh, about her, her father and then she has to run off like no because she's i know they give you just got this repressed or, or is dealing with all of yeah. the factors the way moment. that the, the the foreshadowing is written is is very quite clever like that because mm-hmm. that's just picturing just picturing like oh yeah i saw my dad also making out with a guy and i'm right. a guy making out with a guy right now yeah. like they're they're giving you yeah. a lot of clues along the way in a very satisfying way also one thing that's really that you can really appreciate about this movie i think is like how exploitive all the ones we've watched so far is have been in terms of female nudity. Right. And we didn't have any female nudity in this movie. We only had male nudity. Yeah. We only saw a penis and we saw no, there was no other nudity. The yeah. Rest of the film. Yeah. They, um, they had the one character who was like just the, the mean girl, Judy, Judy. She was horrible. And mm-hmm. she was like, I guess like as a tool, she was sexualized for the boys or whatever, but more her character when she acted came down to her just being mean, mm-hmm. mean spirited and jealous and whatever, which is, yeah, you know, that's a, a summer, um, trope or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Just your and summer Meg is there rivalry. Too. Meg is horrible. Meg's horrible. Yeah. 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 A lot of the boys are horrible. They're just, they're just horrible kids. Mm-hmm. A lot of horrible kids and some good kids. Yeah. And just a ton of kids. And this is a, um, this is something that we praised about the burning is seeing all those kids and it looks like a real camp and the mess hall is full of kids just yeah. screaming and hooting and hollering and playing. There's a lot of that. In this we movie. got more of that in this movie. And also while we did have kids in the burning and that felt good because we saw mm. they kind of filled up the background yeah. and this one the kids are the protagonists yeah like, yeah and actors yeah kid actors some of it was so hard to watch like the dialogue or them trying to act out their dialogue especially early in the movie yeah there, there are some bad kid actors um it, but it's like and there are some good kid actors like yeah, yeah. it it's almost jarring that you can see some of them act really well and mm-hmm. then you cut to another scene where it just is like the most wooden dialogue and delivery yeah and well, the, the adults the mixed too. bag of of dealing with a bunch of kids it really is a mixed bag of different acting performances in this yeah. film and not just like not yeah. just quality but like how much you're caricatured how mm-hmm. realistic you portray yourself like but these adults who is hiring these specific adults to run a camp of a bunch of kids dude from first <laughs> of all the most horrible pervy um chef 
who uh-huh. of course they had to kill him right away we did not want this guy lingering around the yeah. movie because that was horrible that was awful well i think he's disfigured and lives the rest of his life you're right as a you're, burned right. Up you're motherfucker. right yeah. yeah he wasn't killed he was just really burned burnt yeah. up yeah but like that i don't it that was, was so it was really awful to watch so you know? terrible like really lingering on his dialogue commenting on all these very young children god and and the fact that the other adults were characters were just kind of brushing it off or you even got a maybe bit of the enabling. devil in you <laughs> yeah 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 that's it. it that was super gross so yeah he got his comeuppance quick that seemed like a comeuppance <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that seemed like uh, that seemed the most exploitive part of it to me the way that they would set up and knock down their villains mm-hmm. is like he's like look at all these kids i'd love to molest them and then uh, it gets burned up in the next scene mm-hmm. like uh, uh, why do it that way be a little more subtle like yeah you didn't even do i mean i guess it's for the slasher satisfaction of yeah. watching a horrible person get killed right away yeah but that that requires some slasher setup which is notoriously shitty and mm-hmm. so basically they expect us to believe that this is how someone would behave they expect us to believe that then the next thing that happens is a, a big muscular counselor takes her by the shoulders like come with me stay with this nice man and he's she's taken to the back room like in five minutes like, like you must be well aware that that motherfucker of a counselor who brought this girl or brought angela yeah. to the cook um must have like he knew that this guy is a horrible person like if you're around this guy for two seconds he's commenting on kids it's pretty obvious you would know that like i'm not putting bringing any kids into that kitchen like you should have some responsibility as an adult who perceives this behavior in another adult yeah and and so they they don't even deal with like the kids could just go tell somebody about that but instead they burn them up yeah like that's how they handle it yeah and then the counselors cover it up because like they don't want to scare the kids they cover up the first two deaths yeah absolutely just all at the helm of what's his face who also wants to date a counselor <laughs> the yeah. old, super old dude a, a maximum 18 year old yeah like, so there's some so there's some weird shit with the adult characters yeah totally. at this camp oh my god so weird mm-hmm. and, and let's talk about the weird mother or um aunt stepmother like who yeah 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 she okay she reminded me of um like it's a younger aunt. Pardon me? It's the aunt. That's what it is? So that would make the two kids cousins. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And they already have... And so here's a question. Did... Because we don't see that cousin at the end. There's not like a final scene of the cousins together. Did, the cousin dead. must be aware of it. How did he die? Oh, he died in a great way. He, oh my God. He was <laughs> pummeled to death because the other... Yeah, that was great. That's actually... Story-wise, that's great too. Yeah. For him to think that this kid did it and then beat the shit out of the kid and just pummel him to death in the oh most God. hilarious way you have to nail your belief to a wall and then close the door in that yeah. room and go into another room to let that slide yeah that he's just like you're you've been swearing a lot you must be the killer like there's no precedent for somebody to lose their mind like that but that was the movie is like very slight provocation and characters lost their mind over yeah. shit. but you know what that actually really i like that from the story perspective that angela then found her cousin killed and that's really what uh. sends her over the edge to that final psychotic break that makes decapitate sense. right yeah, yeah it's like the one person who she's probably closest to their whole life yeah and that was his head no it was, was the head, head of the other dude that she was um kissing earlier and then oh he kissed someone else right yeah. oh yeah and she was like rubbing his his hair real nice yeah, that was yeah, a good yeah. reveal she stands up and throws his head and has a head yeah yeah and that, that makes just, more sense that open man i'll never that is such an iconic just framed shot like of her yeah. jaw wide open yeah. why is her mouth wide open and she's just staring off to the right with the huge ass smile on yeah, her face 
her face, um, by the way, before she I don't reached, even know what pronoun to, would be proper to use in a case like this of a character who's had this trauma, who's had like gender thrown on them in a particular way. Yeah. Like, we just keep saying Angela, and, but I, I, the presentation was you know, a, a female. So, I mean, I feel like throughout most of the movie, it was she, Angela, referred to in that way. Yeah. But, yeah I don't uh, I don't know. Just with the I, ending in mind, it's hard to, how what, do we talk about that character? Totally. Like, it would be great if we could ask for preferred pronouns, but <laughs> I have no idea. We we're not given that information with this character yet. Totally not. So, I think just Angela is the way to refer sure, to the character. Angela. Um, I'm going to... Names are too hard on this podcast. <laughs> we'll try. Um, <clears throat> Angela, Judy, Meg. But yeah, so I'm assuming the cousin was aware Right. I mean, if the cousin was raised with Angela their whole childhood, or at least for, I guess it's only been four or five years, or no, eight years, they said. So the kid is still bandaged up from the hospital. So, yeah, you're right. How would you conceal something like that from someone you're living with? You wonder. There's no way. There's no way. It happened. (laughs) No, I'm saying I don't, I think the cousin maybe knew. You think so? I think, I think so. What are your evidences? Just because it's inconceivable that he wouldn't? Uh, yeah, I think it's very inconceivable that you're living with another child who is like being raised as your sibling for five years. Well, yeah, and it, some something like that would never come up in, or sorry, eight years, and that would just never come up in any respect whatsoever. That you wouldn't notice. Oh, why is you know my cousin his sister? Also, if they were cousins, they would have known each other before, and he would have well, been aware. Yeah, how old would this kid have been? Right, because they. There's they're a little about, kid and they look about the up. same age, no? Or a few years younger? Maybe I think anything? the the boy is a couple years younger, maybe. Mm. I can see him being like four or five, five or six. Right. So it is possible, it's but possible, it seems unlikely. Well, yeah. So let's... It, yeah, I think you're, you're intended to believe that nobody knew. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you have to watch again and just maybe, see the cousin's specific reactions the whole time. Yeah, he he made no no comment. Like he not, said, not that oh, it's, yeah, he, not he'll that probably it's be a, sharing a, a cabin with her. Yeah. He's talking about his or the previous summer's girlfriend. That's true. You'll probably be living it. Yeah, he so didn't, he didn't make a big thing about that. He didn't seem he to think he about didn't it. Seem to would he have been incredibly forward thinking in '83 about like like eh, it doesn't matter who but goes yeah, and where, what and cabin is that even forward thinking if it's uh, something that's been imposed on Angela, but, right? Um, <clears> yeah, it, and it doesn't overall affect the the plot. That's just an interesting, curious yeah. side question. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I don't know for sure. Um I'm surprised that they did the arrow gag from Friday the thirteenth, like with the target in the background. Almost like one for one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Except except the difference is the crazy difference is in Friday the thirteenth we just saw them arrowed to the door in a different scene Correct. later. Correct. And in this one we saw zoom it goes we right got through to the see neck. It penetrate. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> a little trickle of blood would have really helped them go the it extra mile. Made that a tiny bit better. But I'm yeah. watching and I'm wondering how they did this practical effect. Yeah, because you saw it happen on screen. Yeah. It, like the arrow shoots up the back of the neck and it just impales the like i would love to i'd love to see how they did that yeah that's a that's one of the better ones that i can't yeah. figure out just by looking yeah. once yeah. so we got like we got some kind of mild gore moves but they were very very enjoyable like the other one too of yeah. the, the when they discovered the body in the canoe with yeah. the snake the coming, snake out, coming of out of the mouth just like all messed up for no obvious reason no obvious re- well the only I thing i can think critters- of is the snapping they're like yeah i mean i took it when he was saying it as just like trying to tease the girl but if there was snapping turtles maybe biting at his Taking, flesh yeah. i don't know if, how, if that's how they behave but i think critters and bugs yeah, yeah. over the night yeah. sure that makes sense to me the if less, there's a snake in his mouth sure totally if the less believable one for me would be um the damage the bee stings did to that body it was almost instantaneously those bees just tore him apart 
unless he was like massively allergic but it was like boils exploding exactly yeah it wasn't even like he's he was swollen up or his throat closed and he was definitely dead and all yeah, yeah all swollen in the face it was specifically like gore and the skin is damaged and yeah like you said exploded boils and stuff yeah these are acid bees yeah <laughs> yeah i mean like it was i loved looking at it but it doesn't make a lot yeah. of sense yeah i'm like all right that's that can never happen but sure and it's not hard to be like uh, that character is deathly, deathly allergic to bees. You know, yeah. just a simple line of dialogue earlier or something like that. Anything like that. Yep. Like he's walking by, he's like, oh, wait, is that a bee's nest? Like, oh, I can't yeah. I keep me away from those. And then it would raise the stakes so or, much higher when the bee's nest is dropped in. Yeah. Or even like, oh, there's got bees at this camp. It's like, no, those are super bees. <laughs> like <laughs> throwing killer acid bees into this. But also there's something so comical about the way that was shot with this, like the stick just being lifted in yeah. with the bee's nest. Oh, my God. Shaking it around. The fact that you see, like, this guy is sitting on the toilet. Yeah. We get a hilarious reveal. Like, panning camera goes up. We see the screen window. And then a knife stabs through and cuts <laughs> yeah. it open. Big murder knife. You're like, oh, here we go. And then a stick with bees <laughs> yeah. comes in. Yeah, it's well shot. Because they show the, the broom handle or whatever going through, locking the doors yeah, yeah, in. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. yeah. A little bit of suspension of disbelief in a lot of, in a lot of aspects yeah, of that. A lot. Wouldn't hear the thing being slashed. Wouldn't see someone else in the bathroom sliding the thing in. Yeah, another one of those suspend your disbeliefs. They're just really funny in this movie. Not quite. Final, final one for that. Wouldn't that you wouldn't just jump underneath the stall and run out oh, that yeah. way? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, continue. And when uh, they were about to throw her in the water, or yeah, throw, what's her name? Angela? This is why I can't do that. <laughs> when they're about to throw Angela in the water, tossed on the shoulder. Megan Judy, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the cousin is trying to go like, let me go go help her. But that's when the main counselor guy grabs him by the arms and just says, why did you do what? You're trying to go kill him someone else. And just shaking him all the while. She's in the background. Like, help me. Help. Clearly Screaming. needs assistance. Lifeguard who eventually pulls her out of the water does nothing. He just watches them approach. Like, ah, it seems fine. Uh-huh. This screaming, help me, help me. And the kid just keeps going, what are you doing? Instead of going like, look over there. Yeah. It just ridiculous. But we got, we got so much amusement out of yeah. the freakouts that various characters have on other characters mm-hmm. and a lot of that came from that main older i guess the head counselor or runner of the camp the guy with the cigar yeah uh was yeah yeah who killed the the cousin yeah yeah him like he his freakouts were amazing yeah he like <laughs> from yeah that earlier one of just shaking him by the shoulders like yeah yeah freaking out at the kid and then eventually just it almost like it almost was like like a monkey beating another animal to to death he was raising yeah. his fists together smoking yeah. them into the ground just basically bringing like the shot of the camera he's kneeling in front of the camera and bringing his hands down both meat fists or yeah. hammer fists you might call it oh um the actor by the way is uh mike kellen right yeah uh, so we were looking this up yeah in the middle of it because this is actually his last movie and his he's last got like a hundred credits you said like 105 or something acting credits specifically right. he's been in everything going back to like the 50s yeah we talked about um god told me to yeah, the yeah. other week the larry cohen movie and he's you said the sheriff in that one yeah like deputy sheriff or something. so just an awesome character actor and he was mm-hmm. he was great he outacted everyone else in this movie i think it, for me except the cousin I th- and the kid yeah the kid i think the All kid right. was a great actor <laughs> and he reminded me of the kid from the gate you know i, I brought that yeah, up as that's, we were watching that's interesting because the kid from the gate is like such a calm chill dude and this he, guy was freaking out no, a lot the, of the time the kid from the gate like remember he's got his like older siblings who are at the house who are like trying to like prank him or dismiss him whatever and mm-hmm. he's always fighting back and he's always got like a comeback when they say something to him yeah he does he, you're right he's got a lot of fire in him and he's like very adult in the way that he he He's mm-hmm. always looking to fix problems and stuff. 
like I, I got a lot of a lot of the same sort of caricature sort of leader kid feeling from that guy. I yeah, I know what you mean. Like he, in the gate, he is like snappy and he mm-hmm. does a great yeah, co- yeah. He stands up for himself exactly. But I feel like this guy has just like he's much more uncontrollable when it comes to his temper. He, he's in a he's in a heightened emotion world. Like that's <laughs> the difference. It's like the all kid the kid, from the everyone gate. here is freaking out. Yeah, they're all just like their emotions are all like so high strung. Like they're all on the edge, ready to freak out over just about anything even yeah. though theoretically they're just kids having fun at camp and he loses it like when when those all those bullies who are of various ages apparently from 7 to 27 <laughs> are having their dangerous water balloon fight on oh the roof which is insane it, can i just just jump right in the middle there and just say this camp by the way if there was no killer is still an incredibly dangerous camp that would have at had least these at least five kids would have died regardless yeah, the same death if angelo was there or wasn't there <laughs> yeah <laughs> probably in very similar ways but the super bees would have got someone the acid bees would have killed a bunch <laughs> um three would have died off of that roof slipping off those shingles definitely you're no question just make you're having a water yeah. balloon fight just on a roof with a bunch of boys getting water in their eyes and stumbling mm-hmm. across on a roof. it's getting more slippery but they throw a water balloon at angela and that's when the cousin comes to her screaming screaming her ready to fucking fight he, uh-huh. he would kill somebody with a knife if he had it and i love that i love i love kids that aren't pushovers and just yeah. fight back yeah every pretty much everyone in this movie just wanted to fight yeah you know it's also so hard just being a film from 1983 seeing the bullies in <laughs> just what has come to be attire that is not associated with masculinity whatsoever right. those like, little cut off jean shorts the with tiniest, the pocket the tiniest shorts <laughs> with like the pocket the tini- yeah out. with the pockets flipping out or frayed <laughs> yeah and then also like the crop tops like these t-shirts Tons. that are cut off like just, just right below the nipples yeah <laughs> And then just like confidently and then being tough and pushing other younger kids around dressing these outfits is particularly hilarious. Yeah. From our contemporary perspective of yeah. fashion. It is really funny. Yeah. I love that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, they take a bunch of little, what looks like a bunch of little boys just out into the middle of the forest mm-hmm. to sleep in sleeping bags. Yeah. That's not a thing you do at camp. You know, uh, oh, it, this whole thing seemed unhinged from at least my experience of camp, which was early 2000s. Yeah. But um, you could do anything in this camp. There's no there's like minimal supervision, it seems. Totally. Yeah. Um, I, what, like what I liked part about that is like it seemed like the type of camp where there's lots of different cabins and buildings and stuff like that. So, yeah, you do kind of just like bump into your friends walking from one place to the other. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of scenes just between a building outside a building, you know, yeah. just the places that teenagers would kind of congregate and show up. But you're right. The idea of like a male counselor taking like four boys off into the woods yeah. to sleep for the night. Like, where were you guys last night? Like, oh, I took the four boys just out in oh, the woods. Oh, we did a wilderness sleep. Yeah. What? <laughs> Don't worry. I, one of them had an axe. We were fine. <laughs> and I I lament the fact that they must have been, like, you know, near the end of their shoot when they had to do a scene like that. And it was kind of the bare minimum of finding the bodies mm-hmm. of those boys. Yeah. And maybe this comes back to what we were saying earlier about exposing kids to makeup and gore or subjecting them to that. Right. But either way, it was, is a little unsatisfying that we didn't get more of a visual in terms of stumbling yeah. upon all those boys, especially even his puke was just like a half hearted little bit of goat cheese. You can, almost, you can almost see him shove it into his mouth right before he puked. Yeah. Out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah it, so the effect that we got was basically like a bunch of like cotton glued to the outside of a bunch of puffed up sleeping bags with blood. I couldn't even see what it was. It did yeah. scale wise. It didn't, like I thought it was much smaller the yeah. thing that we were looking at. I thought it looked like it looked like a torn up teddy bear or something. And I could just make sense of it through context, which is a lot of the kills in this movie because you don't 
see too many penetration no. like of blades and whatever do like, you see any uh yeah you see um the arrow through the neck is one of them that's true um, but that one has no blood and it like comes right. comes out the other end and it's really quick yeah, and then now it's it's suggested, but at least you see the the from alive to dead of the girl who gets stabbed in the back in the shower. Yeah, you don't get to see the effect in her back, but you see a lot of blood, and you see her struggling while still alive, and uh-huh. for some reason pinned to the wall. Yeah, she just keeps leaning right up against Unless, the blade. That's... It was right in her spine. You wonder if she's like kind of paralyzed. Oh, that could be. That yeah, could yeah. be. But yeah, so that one we got the knife from one side with no flesh and blood coming down. But the whole thing, like, I wonder if it is geared to try to get like a PG thirteen rating, like yeah. to avoid being too gory. Yeah, because well, they... the goriest we see is just like skin graft stuff, like the boils from the water and the yep. um whatever turtle bites or whatever we decided. And and then eventually like the decapitated head. You're right. That is the goriest thing yeah. that we see is yeah, yeah. a decapitated head. Yeah, and then so then the, I guess the other kill that we need to talk about is the bully girl. Um, who who gets pillowed? Yes, and, well, yeah, which is a little unclear. Pillowed and uh, her hair straightener, her mm-hmm. hot hair straightener, curler, yeah, curler. Thank you. Um, it is like you see the shadow of it, and it like opens, and then aims here like a t- towards her torso. This, yeah. So I'm not sure how graphic they're implying that kill is supposed to be. Yeah, based on all the horror movies that I've seen, that could be anywhere from like the worst fucking possible thing. And I, th- I think it's not that bad. Probably not, right? I mean, we're yeah. we're in like a post martyrs yeah. horror audience. <laughs> we're a little shook. <laughs> yeah, we're like we've we've seen some horrible shit in horror movies, so it our bl- brain does entertain the worst. But it it could be trying to imply that it, they put they put a fear of horrificness into us with that mm-hmm. first horrible cook guy with the stuff that he said right at the beginning yeah. of the movie. We've I feared the worst for these kids yeah. at most times. So then when you see yeah a hot curling iron but come it's, into it's play interesting and, that like by the the third last death you know significant character death we really don't get any visual gore we saw her hands yeah. struggle the shadow of yeah. her hands or no that was just her actual hands lifted it up was, it was the shadow yeah the, okay the shadow of hands struggling and the yeah. shadow of a curling iron going down like that's, and then she screams and it sizzles and we don't know and then she yeah. i guess suffocates while it burned it's like there's no way when you're making a movie like this it's hard to imagine that that's how you would write that scene that like the scene yeah, of the big yeah, enemy yeah. is that would be as gory as you would get is just shadow play yeah like i feel like maybe that's a budget constraint thing but yeah but i think also in conjunction with a like a goriness of avoidance mm-hmm. you know right try, right right trying not to put that on screen get that lower rating get more teenagers into the movie yeah they just did it a couple times mm-hmm. where they showed anything at all absolutely so yeah that makes sense another thing that really stood out um doing a little bit of research on this movie we saw some comparisons to john waters movies mm. and that comes very much through in just how colorful and yeah. colorful in like a technicolor kind of way like we just yeah. get vibrant different colors like, especially at the ant's house at the beginning yeah at the ant's house which is just yeah crazy Willy Wonka toy yeah. store looking and even the camp like in yeah. some of those camp rooms or whatever we just get yeah. really bold colors yeah all all over the place just get yeah it reminds me of like a candy store or a toy store or something exactly just yeah, designed yeah. to get kids attention on all the walls right totally yeah look and that's great and most of the scenes are pretty bright mm-hmm. you know i don't know and also there was like not a tremendous amount of like killings which i guess is obvious but even for the most part like in between everything that's happened just the like animosity between the bullies and the like will they won't they of uh, various kid uh, parents uh, yeah exactly like that was enough that i was 
not tremendously bored and still finding totally. the overacting hilarious. It was like a fun camp movie yeah. <laughs> that also happened to be a slasher. And especially, I feel like the first 45 minutes, like we got that early kill, but then there was a long period where it was just yeah. all about Angela's this weird camper. How is everyone reacting? Yeah. And and that was totally enjoyable. And that was exactly like weirdly enough, that yeah. was fine. And it didn't bug me as much as it might have totally. in another movie. And that's what elevates this, I think, as for a horror movie and the slasher in particular yeah. is having something more than just the kills and the body count. You're having like mm-hmm. more of a substantial, enjoyable story that you're watching. I think it's pretty obvious that these two, the burning in this one. Yeah. Right at the top. For and sure. I found those two to be a lot of kids, a lot of camping, a lot mm-hmm. of different areas of the campground, a lot of different looking sets and kids doing different activities and just being kids. Mm-hmm. And I found a lot of the non-killing scenes to be very funny and or interesting. Yeah. That is definitely not the case with like the Friday thirteenth, the 13th of the world, and um, even the some of the other slashers we watched this month. Absolutely. So I, I'd probably say that Maniac would be number three, just because there is some interesting psychological stuff happening in that movie, and some good gore. Yeah, it's definitely its own. It's in its own category. I know it's hard to even call it a slasher. Like it is. Yeah. It obviously fits the category, but it is. It is an eccentric slasher. Yeah, it, it, doing it first is kind of strange, but if yeah. we had done it like third or fourth, like they're like, okay, so that's turning things on its head. Let's stay with the killer for most of the movie. And, it, and in that way, it could be a little more random about mm-hmm. who the victims are rather than whittling down this group that you're not really close with because you're not from their perspective. You're from the killer's perspective. Right. I find that it is a good inversion of the other thing. For me personally, it's one or two. I really liked Maniac. Oh, yeah. I, I found it scary. Nice. That's that's probably why. But like in terms of enjoyment... And you had the hype. You like you really researched that one. You watched the remake beforehand. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And, and it fits into like the fact that I'm, I'm just getting into the... From the killer's perspective of things. Mm-hmm. A la Creep, Poughkeepsie Tapes, all those types of movies. Um, so like I think without a doubt Burning is the best movie we watched this month. Agreed. It um, goes... For me, it goes Burning, Sleepaway Camp, Maniac... Then Slumber Party Massacre, because there is some fun stuff in there. And then uh, Prowler. Prowler at the bottom. Prowler was a bit of a, a bit of a letdown for sure. Yeah. I'm going to go De- Burning, Maniac, um, Sleepaway. Sleepaway Camp. And then I'm going to invert the order of the last two. I'm going to say oh. Prowler, because I think the effects on the kills and the w- were scarier. And I thought Slumber Party Massacre was just fucking ridiculous yeah <laughs> it bugged me a little bit i agree that the prowler is creepier and does have those creepier scenes yeah. but for me it's yeah. party massacre the jokes like were really what kind of stood out about that yeah like the, the humor that a lot of that like for some reason when i was in my mind right here mm-hmm. breaking the two of them the only thing that came to my mind was the pizza delivery guy yeah right and the drilled out eyes and then like later eating it off the corpse and yeah <laughs> that's what put it ahead for me that seems like moments like that moments like that fair enough yeah i uh I just hated the killer. I hated everything about pretty much <laughs> it's, pretty, it's awful. About the it's movie. not a great movie. Uh, yeah. That's, <laughs> to make it very clear point, I really did not like Slumber Party Massacre. But thanks so much, uh, you listeners, for giving us those suggestions. Mm-hmm. We only we picked the first and the last one, Maniac and Sleepaway Camp, but the other three middle ones we took from your suggestions. So Yeah, thank you guys so much. Uh, this has been a great Slasher September. Um, I'm really looking forward to doing it again a year from now. Sounds great. I wonder if we'll stay in the 80s or maybe move to the 90s or... I, I guess we'll see we should um, pick through what's still available because if we can do this era again and just hit some of the titles we missed I think there's a bunch we'd still have to see sure let's just do hatchet <laughs> let's do the 2000s hatchet, hatchet September <laughs> alright one last time to close it off I think this is going to be a lot of fun Slasher September watching Slashers in September
That's a wrap. That was Slasher September, everyone. Let's go to some website comments before we wrap this one up. (laughs) (laughs) Comments from the internet. Website comments. (laughs) So what is this on? On our website. Oh, that was on our... Oh, that's That's why you wanted to say website. website. Oh, okay. You want to try it again? Cool. Uh, Yeah, let's start over. (laughs) How about we go to some website comments? Website comments. Um, so we have a post or a comment here on our hereditary post right on our website uh, by Hyperballad02. Is that for Hyperball? I wonder if it comes from that. Uh, hi, guys. I've listened to at least 10 episodes on hereditary because I'm obsessed. Yours was by far my favorite. Oh, yeah. Um, nice. You've gained a new listener. Thank you for both for being both analytical and fun. Excited to listen to more eps from you. Ah, welcome, Hyperballad. Yeah, welcome to the clan. Mm-hmm. That's that feels really good to read those comments. <laughs> it does, and um, it feels good to read comments on the website. That's not a yeah. place that we usually receive comments. Yeah, how'd you get there? <laughs> <laughs> um, we are on Instagram, we're on Twitter, and yeah. we do we post information about all our episodes there. And feel free if you have opinions on the movies that we're watching or on our conversations yeah. about them, um, leave a comment and we'll bring it up and talk about it on here. Yeah, we're very fluid with the timeline on this podcast. So an episode we posted, you know. A year and a half ago, the conversation is just as active. If you throw a comment on that, we're going to bring it up in an episode and talk about it because we love to go back and relive watching those movies and you know how it felt watching it the first time, how it feels now after all that time has passed. Yeah, and I feel like the next episode after Hereditary, we also get a meaty. We started yes. off with a meaty conversation. That too. one, or maybe because of order of recording, uh, two ones later. Two, okay. But Hereditary is like an hour and a half episode, and then we have another half hour conversation yeah. for you. So yeah. yeah, peruse descriptions. You'll find which is the next episode after Hereditary that has a big long Hereditary totally conversation. And, and in fact, if we're plugging our website, that's a good use of the website is mm. just to go Control F. And right. then type in a horror movie you want to hear us talking about, because although we have over a hundred apps, we've probably talked about like 250 horror movies across all these episodes. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got lots of wild ranging conversations that spread between episodes. They're everywhere. It's this one big, huge, uh, hour by hour chunk of conversation that Chris and I have been having over the past two years. So join the conversation and leave a comment on any one of our social medias. Well, scaredy cats. Thanks for joining us on another good old fashioned time on the text. Chris, Dave, Saw Massacre. I'm David Stonebra. I'm Chris Vandenberg. And as friggin' always, Chaos Reigns, Chaos Reigns, Chaos Reigns, Chaos Reigns. Acid bees gonna sting ya, Chaos Reigns. Hope you're not allergic. Thank you so much for joining us for Slasher September. See you next time. See you next week. <laughs>